Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Have you ever tried and tried to lose weight but just can't seem to do it? My guest today will teach you how to lose the pounds and cut out medications. She's a board-certified sports nutritionist, a health and lifestyle coach, and a board-certified member of the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. She's done tons of radio interviews including and TV, including Dr. Oz. Her book, Mindful Eating, 30 Days to a Whole New You is a bestseller. I'm so excited about this topic today and introducing my guest, Karen Mayo. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> so honored to be here with you today. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. and you're also um, a natural foods chef, right? Yes. So like, what, what does that like? So you didn't cook like fried chicken and biscuits like last night then, right? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so like, what, what kind of like, what did you today like for example what did you what did you cook or make for breakfast what'd you eat and what'd you eat for lunch today okay so today this morning i woke up and i had um warm water with lemon and then i made some ginger tea and i put um, apple cider vinegar in it it's kind of like my tonic i like to drink all day long it's helpful with energy and also very helpful for um keeping blood pressure stable and um, so breakfast was an egg over easy. I love eggs. Eggs are very good for you. And I had some spinach. And actually, my cat actually, cat enjoys eggs over easy as well. So I made one for him too. But um, And then for lunch, I had a, a shake. And that consisted of um, frozen blueberries. Um, what else did I put in? A banana. Um, two handfuls of greens. Uh, celery and a cucumber that I peeled and I just stuck that in there with some flaxseed and uh, nutmeg and cinnamon cayenne pepper turmeric and some black pepper as well wow so like that sounds like a lot what do you have for typically for dinner what what would that look like normally well it depends because I like to um shake it up or mix it up a lot so um if i'm eating um healthy i like to have a piece of fish with a big salad i have a big salad with pretty much everything and if you decide that you're going to eat or um like pizza let's just say you want to slice a pizza i my recommendation is to have a big salad with your slice of pizza or two slices of pizza um, i like to stick with one but um but just having a big salad because that will give you your 80 percent um alkaline foods to 20 percent acidic foods which is a great balance for your ph in your body hmm. wow so so you can eat pizza there's just not very often i'm assuming and you balance it with a lot of salad exactly so i do eat i pretty much eat everything Um, and I don't allow my clients not to like, I don't hinder them from not eating. I just add them, have them add in a big salad and and things like flaxseed. Yes. So flaxseed and also apple cider vinegar and also chia. So chia is really great for protein. Number one, number two, it's a very good healthy fat. And number three, it helps with, um, blood sugar, blood pressure, and also, um, it stables um, your um, your blood sugar. 
So did you always eat like this? I mean, you, you know, not a burger and fries girl, kind of <laughs> never. <laughs> Actually, I grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania, so I always ate pretty healthy. Um, but we did eat meat, mm-hmm. and we had a big, huge garden that we, um, you know, we um, harvested our foods from. And, uh, yeah. And then we picked the, you know, the weeds on the weekends and it was just the best thing to do (laughs) as girls, me and my sister, and we would feed them to the pigs and the cows, but, um, it was a great way to grow up. So, um, I just suggest adding in, um, and then the bad things or let's say bad things, right. They will, um, they will actually come go off of your plate just naturally because your palate will change Hmm. by, by adding in the good things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you can, yeah, so you can actually change um, the way your body craves food just by changing what you add in. And is that something that, uh, you know, kind of takes like 30 days or how, how quickly does that happen? If you really, somebody says, okay, I'm going to start doing this, adding in all these good foods and how, how quickly would that happen if you did that? So it's, it's a lifestyle change. So it would take four seasons, right? So a year. So I tell my clients that seasonally eating is probably one of the best ways to get your body back grounded and also back into balance. So eat what's in season, like we did in our ancestry, like hundreds of years ago. Um, And, you know, eat local, if you can, locally sourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great way to eat um, and to get your body back in balance. So like the farmer's market and those kinds of things as well as, you know, whole foods or, or whatever. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yes, I always ate very well. My mother was a very great chef. I just, I learned a lot from her. Um, and I just started adding in all of these superfoods, like the chia, like I was talking about before. You know, when we were kids, they were chia pets, right? So we didn't worry about you know, how, what they were going to do to our body inside. We were just worried about, are they going to sprout? <laughs> right. So, so that's what you're actually talking about. Like those chia pets. Yeah. That... Those chia, the chia seeds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So those have been around since the Aztec days and, um, the Aztecs used to put them in their water and use them for energy. And it's just so amazing because we can do the same thing now. And that's what I've learned. That's one of the superfoods that I just love. I have to have it every day and sometimes twice a day. But so you use the chia as a herb though, right? I mean, like you just put it in shakes or you put it on as a garnish or? So chia is a seed. Yes. When you, um, you can sprout it and that would be, um, that would be like your sprouts, right? Your chia sprouts. And they are so delicious. They actually, if you do sprout them and, um, you do eat them, just try and enjoy them, like slow down and just pay attention to the flavors that they have inside of them. Like, um, just macerate them between your teeth because it's just so delicious and you get the, um, almost like the chlorophyll, right? So the chlorophyll we learned back in high school, is really good for us. Um, that it you know pur- purifies our blood and it also um, is really great for um, oxygen. Hmm. So the chia, what happens is when you put it into water, um, it kind of like bulks up almost to like a tapioca consistency. And if you don't like that consistency, then you can always put it in a, um, a processor, a food processor, and make flour out of it. And actually, I've used that during um, the holidays. And so instead of putting flour in, um, I would put the chia in and actually bulked it up. And also you can throw it into gravy as well. And, um, oh my God, the most amazing thing to do with it is, um, make chocolate chia pudding. 
Okay, well, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you, uh, are you a vegetarian? Do you... No. Mm-mm. No, I, I do eat meat. I just um, know where the meat comes from, and it comes from the farm pretty much down the street where I live. Um, and I would just suggest to um, your listeners and your viewers just to pay attention um, to where your meat is coming from um, and also eat locally and find a farmer's market that you love. Or um, just find a new one, you know, just ask the farmers, get to know your local farmers. Um, they're, they're very great people and um, they'll, they won't bite and they'll, they'll talk back. Wow. Well, that's so, so interesting. Like my brother uh, lives in Iowa and he, he, he's a butcher. So he works at a, a meat locker and he goes and, and uh, I don't know if he does it all the time now, but I know he always used to, like, I guess once a week go into the slaughterhouse and... Um, it sounds terrible, actually, to to do that, uh, and I don't think it's something that anybody enjoys doing. And I don't know if you saw that on the farm at all, uh, growing up. But um, so so you're talking about going to places like that, really, you know, really local kind of butcher shops, not necessarily kind of the big chain stores. So Correct. Much. Right. Exactly. So um, I've learned a lot. Um, my mom was actually a butcher, and she worked at. Um, uh, a chain store growing up um, through her uh, high school years. And um, I learned that, um, I don't want to say too much, but um, you should really investigate where your food comes from. I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> but, well, uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but, so growing up on the farm, yes. Yeah. So the pigs, you know, they, they got loaded on the truck. Um, and you know, we, um, grew them for shares for the family and also for friends and also the cows too, as well. So we never named them and it wasn't anything that we ever did, but, um, we just, we grew them, um, healthfully and they were very, um, loved, um, and they ate very well. Um, and we just kind of, um, that's how we lived. And then we had our, our garden. I kind of got a, I got a really good start, um, eating well. And I didn't realize how I was, how I grew up was like one of the best ways to grow up until, um, you know, you travel and you move and you, and you know, you, like I moved to New York, um, though where I live, I, I live out in the, um, out in the country, but, you know, growing up in the city, uh, I just, um, I just feel for people because they never had that um, experience of growing up on a farm. So, you know, just sharing my experiences um, and letting people know that's like one of my passions Um, and just sharing what I know, like I said, like what I know and um, letting people know that um, eating healthy isn't hard. It's just, you have to make a commitment. It it does seem to be hard (laughs) for, for, and I speak for myself, but I, I know an awful lot of people that, you know, you get into bad habits early. Like you, you said, I, I think you're absolutely right. You grew up in a situation where you were taught early, kind of really the very old school, natural way of, you know, living off the land. And, and, and so you develop such great habits. I had this contractor once tell me that he was doing some work in DC in, in the inner city part of DC, where it's um, very financially uh, hard hit in, in this one particular area. And he said he was doing some kind of work on a project down there. And he said there was this tree and it was a peach tree, like, you know, in somebody's backyard. And, uh, anyway, he was up in this tree 
full of peaches. So I picked one, started, you know, eating a peach. And then, um, you know, there were some kids that came by and they were like, what are you doing? What are you? And he t- said, well, you know, there's a peach tree right here. Look at all these peaches. And then he said he, the next time he had to go down there, there wasn't a single peach <laughs> on that tree. <laughs> they had realized uh, that they had peaches growing naturally on a tree in close proximity for them to just go pick. But I think that's so interesting that we've gotten so people grow up, you know, going to the grocery store and they have no idea where the food even comes from. Exactly. Yep. And not only that, but um, just how the food was growing, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know, like you just go to the store and, and you can get strawberries in the wintertime mm-hmm. and you can get your winter squash in the summertime. It's just interesting because um, it's grown in different parts of the obviously in the world and in our country. But, you know, there's little PLU codes on each um, in the, on the produce. So if you um, look at the PLU codes, you'll be able to figure out number one, where it came from and number two, if it's organic um, conventional um, or if it was um, genetically modified and the genetically, yeah, genetically modified starts with an eight organic starts with a nine and conventionally grown start with um, a four or a five. And when they're conventionally grown, you have to just think about it. So there's another question you have to ask yourself. Um, was it pesticides on there or is it, you know, organic um, or I'm sorry, is it um, GMO? GMO. So so the higher the number, the better mm-hmm. it is then I take it uh, on the like the nine. Well, the nine's organic. So that's what you want to look for. Okay. You just really want to look for a nine. Yes, exactly. And again, the conventionally grown, you have to just know that you have to wash your food properly. And you can do that with white vinegar and water. So that one part white vinegar to two parts water, whatever it is, just make a bath of it and throw your produce in there and um, your fruits and your vegetables. And um, just let them soak in there up to five minutes. I mean, they're not going to taste like vinegar, but at least you'll have that brush, you know, the vegetable brush, and you'll be able to wipe some of that um, pesticides off. So when you say a, PL, a PLU code, are you talking about like the the grocery store code that they scan, the scanning code? So um, on your fruits and vegetables, there's like a little sticker. That little, have you ever seen that little sticker? Yeah, like on an apple or a banana. Exactly, exactly. So that's your PLU code. Okay. Wow, I never noticed any numbers on there. Yeah, I know you won't. We have to look closer. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's really, really interesting information. I think People will really, uh, I know, I find that fascinating. I had no idea. You'll even know where it came from because that little sticker actually has where it came from on it. Well, I have seen that, like on bananas and things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's that Wow. That's really helpful information. So I, I need to look for the nine mm-hmm. or, or just go to a farmer's market and know that it's grown locally. Exactly. Yep. I want to ask you about your book and especially about losing weight in 30 days. But I, I, I got to ask this before I forget if you're in a relationship with somebody or living with somebody or in your household, your husband, your whatever, and they eat terribly and you're, you know, and you're trying to eat good. Do you have any helpful tips on that? Because like, like for example, this morning, my husband went to McDonald's, called me and I wasn't planning on going to McDonald's and I, you know, I was already at work and then he was like, well, you want me to pick up some, some McDonald's? And so then of course I ended up getting a sausage biscuit with egg and cheese. And I was thinking to myself, 
well, it's probably 300 calories, you know, that's not the best, but whatever. So I ate it. And then after I ate it, I, of course, Googled to see how many calories were in that, let alone, I'm sure it's probably filled with a lot of, you know, uh, high processed stuff, but it was 470 calories. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I ate that much yeah. in one, you know, sausage biscuit from McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't advocate going, <laughs> going to McDonald's at all. Um, I understand why, you know, why people go there, but um, if you saw the ingredients of their food and what the food does to your body, um, I, I would just wish that um, I, okay. So what I'm going to recommend is to tell your husband that you're not eating that way anymore. Cause it's not good for your body. Okay. And that you've decided that, you know what, you're going to take these next 90 days or 30 days or whatever it is, or maybe next year, this next year and eat and eat the way you want to eat. That's good for your body that serves you. Because once you start eating um, more greens and more chlorophyll, um, you you just have so much more energy than um, than your husband. He'll He'll be wondering what you're doing. And is that also from like, because I love bread. Is it also not just like that biscuit on the sausage biscuit, but, um, you know, just bread in general. Is that also slow you down because of the, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's gluten. Well, it depends on what kind of bread you're getting, right? So if you're getting um, white bread or wheat bread, um, I would actually look for the Ezekiel bread that are made with grains and seeds and nuts and just delicious stuff. Um, that's at least baby steps to get to where you want it, you know, where you want to be. Um, and it depends, you know, some people can handle um, bread and some people can't. And just, you have to, um, when you're eating, so let's talk about mindful eating, right? So when you're eating, pay attention to what the food or what, how the food is making you feel. Um, when you're done with that, biscuit um i can just only think that you were a little lethargic <laughs> i was filled with remorse <laughs> i was like why did i eat that <laughs> right that's what i was thinking <laughs> yeah so so mindful eating so um again it's just depending on what you're eating and it's just paying attention and making aware making yourself aware of um how the food is making you feel when you're eating it and also after you've eaten it um and that's also taking in consideration of, you know, uh, mindfully eat chewing. So you want to chew your food 20 to 30 times, almost to like an applesauce consistency. So your food, um, so your, your, um, your organs have enough time to, um, you know, assimilate it and digest it and um, gives fuel for your, for your body. So would you recommend then, I'm assuming, not to like watch TV while you're eating, you know, not do other things? It sounds like uh, if you're if you're recommending to chew your food for that long, then you're you don't you do you also recommend not to be distracted by, you know, well, you know, everyone's got to live. Right. So um, if you're having um, dinner with your family unit, then be present with the family um, if you're eating with your husband, you know, just maybe have him try it with you almost, almost like make a game out of it and see who can choose the longest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we got to live, you know, I, I don't, I'm not that strict on my clients. If you want to watch TV, just pay attention to what you're doing. As far as eating goes, just know that you're chewing, just chew more than you think you should. And then, um, you know, swallow at an applesauce consistency. 
Okay. And how, how much, uh, like from your book for, for mindful eating and, and really, um, you know, 30 days to a whole new you, or is that a, can you, can you explain what that means exactly as far as that process? Sure. So, um, the 30 days is, um, so there's a, a journal in there there's a 30 day journal and journaling has gone, um, as, 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 has so many um, positive um, attributes to it. It can relieve stress. It's also great for um, reflecting on where you've been and so how far have you so far have you come that um, when you're journaling, it um, gets what's going on inside your body and out it puts it right on paper. So that relieves a lot of stress. But anyway, there's a 30-day journal in there for you to do that. And then there's five weeks of recipes. Um, and then there's four chapters of content. So number one is about what I think the reader should know to get through the, um, you know, the 30 days. Chapter two is talking about uh, the pH balance in food, the acid alkaline balance. Um, the next chapter is talking about sugar and the aging connection. People always talk about how bad sugar is, right? But mm -hmm. they don't really tell you what's going on inside your body and how it accelerates aging. Um, and then uh, the next chapter is talking about um, detoxes and cleanses and juices and smoothies and how they can actually have a part of our um, dietary lifestyle. Um, so the mindful part, um, again, is the journal. And what I do, I recommend for my clients to do or anyone that's reading Mindful Eating is to read it at the change of seasons. Um, because as you go through those change of seasons, you'll be in a different frame of mind. So going through winter, spring, summer, and fall, right? So those are amazing um, uh, infinity of our life. So it doesn't matter where you live. You're still having seasons. Doesn't, you know, even if you're in the, um, Florida or, you know, out in California, you still have your seasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how much, how much weight can somebody safely lose in like 30 days? Safely. You know? Okay. So, yep. So rec I recommend between, um, four to six pounds. Um, if you're losing weight and you're not doing it healthfully, you will get extra skin that doesn't look very attractive. So when you're eating healthily and you're doing it um, in a healthy way, your body will actually bounce back the way it's supposed to. So I have several clients that have um, have lost hundreds of pounds and there's no skin. So there's there, your body just naturally has to um, work that out. Um, and it does. Our body's amazing. Our body is, um, keeps our temperature at 98.5 and has a baby and you know, 98.5. Um, 90, six, 98 six, yeah, <laughs> six, thank you <laughs> something else thanks um so it's it's amazing so our body knows when to when we need sleep when we need to um you know it breathes you know we just breathe you know we don't have to um push a button you know it's just happening so our, like i said our body's just amazing so it will heal itself you just have to pay attention so if you were to lose like say 10 pounds in a month you're probably is some of that also um kind of um water Yes. Uh, loss too. Yeah. So if it's water weight, um, what that, what will happen is that will come back, right? Cause mm -hmm. you're going to be eating. If you mm -hmm. don't, if you're not taught or if you don't have accountability, um, if you're not, um, mindful about what you're putting into your body, that all that weight will come right back and actually more. Hmm. So that's why dieting, um, that yo-yo dieting is really bad. And, um, why diets don't work for people is because they're very general. So, um, for me, what I do with my clients is I actually um, cater their program um, or their um, 
yeah, their program to them. Um, because everyone's different, you mm-hmm. know, people who, people who um, work inside in a building all day long are different than people who work outside. You know, they need different things. Hmm. That's so interesting. So you really tailor it, your, your, um, you know, people in your coaching program, you tailor yes. the, depending on what they're, what they do for a living and, and body types. Do you take that into yep. account? Like mesomorphs Ab- and endomorphs and all that stuff? Yep, absolutely. Um, do that. And also we check blood work and, um, I work with their doctor, you know, that's what I like to do is work, you know, um, with their doctor. So the blood work that we have, um, if this, in case there's another test that needs to be done, they can get that done through their health professional. What, what do you find is the biggest problem? Like people who go through your program, read your book and they start trying to, or just in general, people who say they're really trying to, to eat healthy. What's the biggest problem people have? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, sugar, sugar is a major, um, health issue for a lot of people. Um, and then I, I also have, um, it's so interesting because going through corporate and working with corporate, um, you have all kinds of different um, people with different, obviously, personalities and body types and all of that. So um, I feel like I'm always getting where I'm like researching. So I've been working on a hormone course. So I've been getting a lot of people who um, are wondering about their hormones. They want to know um, how they can get them in line and, and back in balance. And sometimes um, what people don't realize is that the food they're eating um, has pesticides on it. And some of the pesticides actually will mimic our own hormones. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's it's so interesting. It's one of the things that I'm like, I have an aha moment every day. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty serious. So what happens is the f- when, um, when the um, pesticide is mimicking your own hormones, it actually gets absorbed into our fat. And then it creates its own hormone. The the the, um, the pesticide has this own. It will continue to have its own um, uh, like um, mass, and then it creates its own hormone. It's just it's just incredible. It's just one of the things that I've um, I've just like it's blowing my mind. Like when I'm learning about this, but. Um, getting back into um, the hormones. So hormones are very, very important, obviously, for all of us. And if one is out of whack, they are all out of whack. Um, And that's another, uh, what I learned. So that was kind of interesting for me too, as well. But also um, gut health, you know, autoimmune disease. um, That's very prevalent in corporate wellness, um, in corporations, actually everywhere. So Mm -hmm. it's just not at home. It's also in, you know, where you work as well. So if somebody is trying to, okay, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy, uh, I really want to start, uh, in addition to, say, reading a book like yours and some other materials that are out there for kind of uh, the, starting with the basics, how, if, if they're, say, they love sugar, you know, what would they, like, uh, you know, like my mother is, you know, in her 80s and she loves sugar. She loves chocolate. So she eats chocolate every single day. So I literally had a conversation with her yesterday because I had to take her to her, her doctor and uh, she has high blood pressure. And so I said, well, you know, chocolate has caffeine in it, mom. You need to stop eating chocolate. <laughs> so what is there any kind of tip for somebody like her that is just absolutely addicted to, you know, sugar or chocolate to get them to break that habit? 
Okay. Um, so the, there's a couple of different things. Um, okay. What's sugar? Sugar also um, leads to yeast overgrowth in our gut health. So when that happens, you also then, um, it leads into candida. And candida can can go in so many different directions in people. Um, and, and you won't even know it until um, you're like on the couch, like can't move. Um, but my tip would be, um, number one, don't buy it. Uh, you know, but don't buy the cookies, don't buy the cakes. I know it's hard to say that, um, change your sugar. Um, instead of having raw sugar, you can have coconut sugar or, um, monk fruit sugar, um, local honey, and then also, um, you know, maple syrup. Um, those are the four really sugars that I recommend. Um, the two coconut and the monk fruit is, um, they're very, uh, diabetes friendly. Mm-hmm. for people because they keep your blood sugar stable um, and you can use it just like you would sugar. Um, also um, just switching when you got those cravings, um, go brush your teeth because that will help as well. That's a couple of like tips that I've recommended to my clients. And that seems to work mm-hmm. is every time that you are um, craving a you know piece of sugar or uh, a candy or a cookie or something like that is go brush your teeth and and um, clean the tongue if you can get a tongue cleaner um, what happens is when you're eating the sugar the sugar actually gets stuck in that little villi in the back of our throats and if you're not properly cleaning your tongue you'll still taste that sugar all day long and that's what the create that's where the cravings come from sometimes hmm. um yeah and um I would say, you know, even just switching out to um, apple cider vinegar is uh, something that's really great to drink. Not that it's going to give you a, a really good sweet taste, but um, <laughs> but it's the opposite, right? It's right. that kind of like sour bitter. But let me just um, talk a little bit about chocolate. I believe chocolate is the extra food group, and I love chocolate. But I my chocolate is organic, and it's also... Um, it's not um, processed, full of sugar. Like there's no M&Ms in my house. There's no Mars or anything like that. So I don't have any of that sugar. And that's, those M&Ms, I used to have a problem with them back in the day. So I didn't realize. So when you pop one, right, mm-hmm. you're gonna, you're constantly like wanting to have another one. And the reason is, is because like I just said before, that little sugar is in the back of your villi and you're tasting sugar. So you want another one and another one because it's just, you're, you're tasting it. Mm-hmm. So, so you have that craving. So that's that, um, you know, kind of, I guess where that craving comes from. Yeah, so you make your own chocolate, like uh, dark chocolate kind of thing? What's, what's, uh, no, no, I go get black and golds or black and greens. Black and greens? Cho- yeah, that chocolate. Oh, like, I am not familiar. Yeah, it's um, 85%. It's all organic. You can probably find it on Amazon as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, and David, yeah, David Wolf actually has some chocolate too. That's really good. So if you happen to know who David Wolf is, he's got amazing chocolate called Sacred, and it's all organic and it's amazing. So if you want a snack uh, like like that type of thing, then that's what you would eat. Yes, I have two two squares, um, and that's what I have. Um, Or I'll do some like almond butter too, and mix it with the, um, or just 
take a bite of the chocolate with the almond butter as a snack. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get that for my mom. <laughs> have to go on Amazon and get some. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I could get her to switch. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I, I would just tell let her know that, um, you know, you're worried about her health or, you know, you just want to give her good chocolate mm-hmm. and, and she can have that chocolate. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. That sounds like a, a good hmm. substitute if I could get her to, you know, Trade. change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Change that habit. And, you know, but, um, um, I, I wanted to ask you, you are a beekeeper. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh so my gosh. How'd that happen? <laughs> Well, I had the, farm, um, the Pennsylvania farm. No, I actually, um, they are offering beekeeping uh, course at John Jay over here locally in Katona. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. And I love honey and I've always wanted to learn about it. So, um, I just, uh, went to the course and, um, it's trial and error and you learn a lot. Um, but yes, beekeeping is very interesting. Um, and it keeps you aware of like what's going on in your neighborhood because of the pesticides and everything else that people could be using. Um, so it's, uh, bees are very, um, they're, you heard that, um, saying busy as a bee, right? Mm-hmm. So those bees that they are so busy, they only live 62 days. So they're constantly flying and doing, they're trying to go get their pollen. They're bringing it back to the hive. They are taking care of the, um, of the new babies that are being born. Um, and all of the worker bees are female and there are, um, the male bees, um, there's between six, six and eight bee male bees per hive. Are those the drones? Uh, yes. So all they do is they take care of the queen. And then the queen, you know, obviously she, her job is to lay eggs. So it's really, um, it's amazing. I mean, there's other things that come into play, right? So you have to pay attention to the mites and you have to pay attention to, um, you know, other things in the air, the environment, um, to where they live and also give them, you know, great pollen, um, pollinators uh, to give them, uh, good flowers. And I have, um, lavender bushes and all kinds of fun stuff in the back backyard. Wow. So do you have, do you say I have so many hives or I have so many beeves? Bees. And no, I, you have hives. You have so hives. like so how many I, hives do you have? Three. You have three. You have three. Yeah. So is that and like what, a lot or, or no? No, it's not a lot. Um, and it's uh, probably, it's manageable for me um, because you, like right now, um, while the weather's just a little warmer, I can go out and check on them and not allow like all of the, um, warm air that they've used for, um, basically they've been flying to create, um, warmth for themselves to keep the hive warm. So what happens is, um, when, if I open up the hive, when it's cold outside, all of that warm air will, will be, won't be there anymore for them to live. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, when it's really cold outside, you can, I just don't li- lift up the lid because they'll die. So I wait, usually wait till spring and just make sure they're fed either um, simple sugar, simple syrup, or um, that's pretty much what I make for them. So interesting. Well, you're just a fascinating person. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just so much healthier than the, most people I know. <laughs> but I think it's very inspiring. So how can, just in wrapping up, how can people find you and, and find your book and so forth? Okay, so... um. 
uh, Mindful Eating is on Amazon, and they can reach out to me um, on, via my website is mm-hmm. KarenMayo.net, mm-hmm. um, and it's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-Y-O dot net, and um, my cell number is um, 914-589-1833 if they would like to reach out to me. And then so you do all kinds of coaching, things like that as a nutritionist, and kind of can tailor tailor a plan specific to an individual. Yes, that's what I do. That's what I love to do, actually. Yeah. Well, that's just so cool. It's very exciting. Very interesting information. I think uh, will, people will find really helpful. I know I, I certainly do. So I just really want to thank you again, Karen, for uh, for coming on. And uh, this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show. And be, uh, you know, be mindful to create a master plan for your life because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So until next time, we'll see ya.